0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host Zach Shaw, Steve Lorenz here with me. Uh, we've, we've gotten a lot of requests for this episode, so hopefully we can touch on everything people want to talk about. Now there's at least a little bit of a of a dip in the news. Um, we're going to talk coordinators, offensive coordinator, uh, which, which became a discussion topic of course yesterday with Josh Gaddis leaving to become offensive coordinator at Miami. And then we'll also talk about defensive coordinator um, looking at some of the some of the key candidates on on both sides of the ball and and maybe what is important for Michigan to get out of those positions this year along with maybe how the rest of rest of the staff shakes out so how we're going to break it up the first half of this episode will be offense we'll hit a commercial break and then we'll have the defense in the second half of the show so starting with the offense Sunday morning Josh Gaddis Well, it was announced. I don't think either school, maybe Miami officially announced it. Michigan never officially did a a, a release or anything on it. But Josh Gaddis leaving the Wolverines after three seasons to become offensive coordinator at Miami, not the Dolphins, the the Hurricanes. So at best, a lateral move. Uh, It sounds like he will be getting more money. But but ultimately, I mean, they're, they're a worse program right now in a worse conference. Um, recruiting should be easier just on location alone, but obviously there's other factors that go into that. Plus it is a new coaching staff with uh, Mario Cristobal going from Oregon to Miami, but Steve, how, um, I guess, starting with kind of the surprise factor, you know, I I don't think this is a probably a, a, a jaw dropping shock because of the context of Harbaugh was, was departing or thought to be departing. And then he comes back, and I think, I think how it was put by one of our insiders on our, on our message board was there were assistants on Michigan staff that were shopping for the corner office furniture, and now they're told to go back to their cubicle. You know, It's a metaphor. I think they all have corner offices as, as assistant coaches, but, but you get the idea. If, if you're thinking one thing's going to happen and then it doesn't, that, that does cause you to kind of reflect. And Miami, it sounds like they were very aggressively pursuing offensive court. I mean, they were going after head coaches you know, with, with the money that they were, they were throwing around. So Steve, how big of a deal is this? How, I mean, certainly I don't think any of us woke up Sunday morning thinking I bet Josh Gaddis leaves today. Uh, but, but I guess your surprise level and, and how big of a blow is it to the Wolverines?
1: Uh, this is a tough one. Um, I think, it, you know, I think the, obviously that the major consensus is that Michigan already has their replacement on staff. I think that means, I think that automatically sort of lessens the blow a little bit. You don't have to go outside the program, potentially rework a ton of stuff. Um, But I I don't know because, you know, he'd already interviewed for some head coaching jobs this off season. He's a guy who's, whose career arc feels on the rise. Um, Probably wouldn't have been around after next season, if we're being honest. You know, I think the bigger question is if it is Matt Weiss that replaces him, can there be some continuity there? Would Weiss stay on for more than one year? You know, type deal. Maybe that is actually ends up being a plus for Michigan if that's the case. You know, I think that'll be one of the bigger questions. Uh, but you know, I think most people would agree. I think Gaddis kind of came into his own second half of this last season. Michigan, you know, from a play calling uh schematic standpoint right I think I think most people would agree with that so you know he definitely is a guy who it felt like maybe he was kind of coming into his zone at Michigan uh, but at the same time I mean there's there's also just there's also a lot of talent returning from Michigan offensively I kind of feel like they could withstand this pretty easily uh I, I think in a way you could almost say maybe maybe everybody wins a little bit I, I don't know uh Miami wins by getting a a huge upgrade at offensive coordinator uh maybe Gaddis wins he's getting paid a lot more i think than michigan was willing to pay him and michigan could also obviously win by like i said just making the change within staff and um with another up and, with another real up and comer offensively and a guy that we know had had definitely had some input on what they did offensively this season you know and i think a guy that that the players also seem to really get along with and like. So, you know, could be a win-win-win here for everybody in a way. Uh, It's an odd way for this to end. I mean, he did just win the Broyles Award, gave the great, you know, emotional speech about Jim Harbaugh, kind of giving him his first real opportunity as far as a coordinator goes, letting him run an offense on his own. Um, You know, so it's kind of an interesting way for this all to end. But overall, you know, I think the players seem to, if Andrell Anthony's any uh, indication, you know, I think the players are going to be okay with this as well. And um, you know, again, I just think Michigan's too talented offensively heading into next year for this to be like some like huge blow, not to mention the, the first part of their schedule is a lot easier than it normally is. So if there are some new wrinkles or it's some new any type of change in scheme at all, uh, they'll, they're going to have a lot of time to, sort of get adapted to it and, and get used to it. So, you know, overall, I think this is a situation where everybody might win.
0: Yeah, if Gattis had this easy of a first month in 2019 or 2020, it, you know, I think both those seasons might have looked a lot differently because because I will say, I mean, Gaddis, his departure is definitely a loss. Like, I think anyone who's saying, oh, you know, like turning around like four days after saying he was probably the replacement and saying, oh, he's very replaceable, uh, as an OC, probably, probably a little bit of tinted glasses, if if that's how you're viewing it. But um, you know, you bring up a great point that, that even if there are some hiccups with the new play calling system, whether it's Matt Weiss is like the, the go to play caller, or if he's collaborating with with Sharon Moore and Jim Harbaugh, a lot of this stuff has, still has to be figured out, and obviously, still has to be officially announced. But they are going to have the talent and they are going to have the opportunity um, to, to be a very good offense next season. And, and that, that would have been true with, with Gattis. Uh, I think it's still true. I think the one part where this is a loss for Michigan in the most is that you just don't know what you're going to get from new – hire. every time you have to make a new hire, there's risk. There's risk that they don't click with the team or there's risk that they don't click with the staff or, or that they you know, the job just wasn't the best fit for them. I mean, there's so many variables. And so I think you're, you're right on that, that it's more – there's less risk because it sounds like Michigan is comfortable doing internal hires uh, really across the board on the offensive side of the ball. And we'll talk about a couple of those in a second. But, you know, if, you, if, you, if Michigan feels very comfortable about going internal with its hires, that speaks to how comfortable they are that, that there won't be a drop-off in coaching capabilities. Uh, you know, I've been asked already a few times, I'm sure you have too, Steve. You know, is it, is it, are there any players that are going to follow Gaddis to Miami? Because he was a good recruiter. I mean, he, he really started to get Michigan toward the recruiting fast receivers uh, trajectory. I mean, for a long time, you know, they, they were recruiting receiver well, but it, it wasn't every year. Um, and it wasn't, you know, the evaluation style wasn't as focused on speed as it has been since. Um, so I, I'm curious about it, but I, I just, I don't think there, there will be. I mean, I, I think anything, if anything, I, I think everyone's going to give, you know, presuming that it's Ron Bellamy is the receiver's coach and Matt Weiss is the offensive play caller, I think everyone's going to give that at least spring ball to see kind of what it looks like. I don't think there's anyone who was so attached to Gattis and not attached to Michigan that, they're going to take off. And one thing, you know, we talked about it last week, Jim Harbaugh telling uh, recruits and, and incoming freshmen that he was going to look at the NFL. He also said Josh Gaddis probably was going to be a head coach the next year or so. And, and Gaddis did interview with Virginia. I believe he interviewed with Duke as well. I don't, I don't know that one for, as, as certainly, but um, you, I don't think anyone necessarily recruited or committed to Michigan for Josh Gaddis, I think they liked him. I think they liked his offense. But I, don't, I actually don't think that's a huge concern. I think the bigger concern area is just making sure that the offense is able to continue to progress, which, which I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I think that with, with the talent and maybe a few games to figure out what works, because it's not just that they have an easy non-conference. They also have you know Maryland on September 24th, who, who I would uh, forecast to be one of the easier challenges in Big Ten play this season, it's a home game against Maryland. Uh, you'll have an ability to to figure out what what works for this upcoming year's offense. You know, because I think, I think that's that's one thing I give Gaddis credit for. Is I think he, you know, in twenty twenty one especially, I think he understood. Okay, I have designs for an offense, but we have, you know, Michigan has this special talent at running back and kind of in, in the run-blocking, them down offensive line. And he he didn't try to do it his way. He tried to do it the best way possible for Michigan. And, and I think he started to figure that out a little bit in 2019 as well, toward the end of the season, when they were putting up those crazy numbers. But at the same time, I, think, I, I do think if Michigan's very comfortable with the internal hires, then I think that would suggest they don't think that there'll be a huge drop-off. Speaking of that, uh, Matt Weiss appears to be the next OC. It sounds like maybe it could be him and Sharon Moore, but, but at the very least, I think Weiss is going to be upgraded to a play caller. Thoughts on him? He's worked with A. Harbaugh or worked for A. Harbaugh since 2008. He was a punter at Vanderbilt, but then he was a grad assistant at Stanford from 2005 to 2008. Uh, around 2009, 2010, he followed, went to go work for John Harbaugh at with the Ravens kind of rose through the ranks there actually ended up being a cornerbacks coach at one point uh before switching to the offensive side of the ball he was the running backs coach there and then quarterbacks coach this year sounds like he's just uh the outside perception I guess is he's great with analytics he understands football decision making statistical probabilities um sounds like he has that down really pat uh, there's been a little bit of reporting here and there about how he's really mechanically focused as well especially in terms of, of throwing and and um, you know maybe how you run around holes or through holes and things like that so I'm um, fascinated about that stuff but but your thoughts on if he is the offensive coordinator you know what does he bring to the table uh what is what is your confidence i guess in the Harbaugh's confidence because it seems like they're they're developing some of these pipelines where they they have these young. They find these young coaches who rise through the ranks to become you know big name coaches. So, Steve, your your thoughts on, on Weiss and what he can bring as a, I guess, first time play caller and first time coordinator. You know, same situation as Gaddis was in, in a couple of years ago.
1: With Weiss, I guess I kind of I always look back at when he was first brought on board, um, in terms of how I feel like Harbaugh, Michigan must feel about him. You remember it was after. Uh, Brian John Marie left for Tennessee. Yep. And instead of going with a defensive guy to replace him, like everyone thought he, he basically rushed to to add Matt Weiss to the, to the staff. And I remember at the time when we broke that down, I think we looked at it as sort of a similar situation where like in recruiting, if you, you know, if you already had, let's say you already have a five-star running back committed, but another five-star running back really wants to come play for Michigan uh, you take him, you find a spot for him. That's sort of, again, and you just, make room right. You know? And, and so just based on the the sequence of events that led to his hiring made me feel like, you know, Harbaugh thought this is the best guy that we can possibly add to our staff. So I have no doubt. Well, and the fact that it, it really, it, it doesn't even seem like they're even considering an outside candidate. Right. I mean, I think that's another indicator that, you know, that this is he feels very strongly about Weiss's ability to to coordinate an offense at the college level. So uh, you're talking about someone who's was in the NFL for more than ten years before he got, and he's only thirty eight years old. Um, you know, already in the pro game for ten years before he gets to Michigan. Reviews on him seem to be strong at Michigan as well. He's a quarterbacks guy, too. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world, you know, to have a quarterback focused guy running your offense either with with the talent that they have at the quarterback position right now. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah, I think it really kind of speaks for itself. The fact that this doesn't really seem like it's going to be much of a search if there even is going to be a search at all. Uh, I think says a lot about the confidence they have in going that direction. you know, I think the bigger question will obviously be on the other side of the ball and with how they end up shuffling things around um, to, to fill out the rest of the staff.
0: Yeah. It's one thing to, to also remember is um, not only did they make room for Weiss when, when they had the opportunity to hire him, he coached, they made him a, a assistant coach at a position that Jim Harbaugh was pretty comfortable being the coach at. Uh, you know, he, he didn't just make room in terms of moving guys to other positions. He said, yeah, no, I, I was going to be quarterback's coach, but, but you know to get him here, we can do that. And then the other thing to factor in, um, none of this, I mean, Michigan has not publicly confirmed any of this, but, but obviously heavy reports um, from Sam Webb over at the MichiganInsider.com, Michigan247Sports.com, that, that this, Weiss was who Harbaugh was going to take with him to the NFL. I mean, this was, you know, that was almost like his main, guy that he was bouncing ideas off of on interviews getting interview prep for and and by the sounds of it we we don't know because harbaugh was never offered a job and so we don't know who he would have taken but by the sounds of it weiss was the guy that he was really had had circled as okay he'll be my right hand man which to me says says a lot about the trust there i don't again we have to see a couple things i'm curious to see you know how does weiss take on a larger – now, coordinators don't have to necessarily be the top recruiters, but when you're a quarterback's coach, you might only recruit a couple prospects a year. Um, you know, now he has to be at least involved in every recruiting thing. He doesn't have to be necessarily the primary recruiter, but he's got to be involved in pretty much every offensive recruit that they, that they go after. So, I'm curious, so that's where I think Sharon Moore can be really valuable and maybe helping him catch up as a as a longtime NFL guy so I'm curious about that obviously I'm curious about the play calling and I am curious a little bit about the player relationships I had gotten the impression that players really liked Gattis you know not just um uh not just like that they liked a coach who was who was on a winning team but you know they they really enjoyed kind of the the his ability to to get everyone involved his ability to to uh, kind of gauge the ups and downs of practices or off season, things like that. So um, yeah, there was a couple questions, but honestly, you're, you're absolutely right that there, it was, w- took what, five minutes after G- the Gattis news broke that Matt Weiss through, through multiple reports in, including, you know, those on our site, it was already penciled in as the guy, you know, I wrote down here on, on our outline of questions to ask any outside hires that jump out. I mean, no, Michigan didn't really even leave that, that room open. <laughs> it's even a door that we can, like, peer through and see who else is out there. It sounds like Michigan's doing this quickly. So, instead, last question on the offense before we switch to the other side of the ball. The rumor report is, and it makes a ton of sense to me, Ron Bellamy to, to wide receivers coach. Uh, sounds like Sharon Moore. I mean, I think he's technically already co-offensive coordinator, but maybe we'll get a more genuine co-offensive coordinator where he's a part of the play calling uh, the one that fascinates me and, and sam reported this is grant Newsom being elevated to tight ends coach where and, and jay harbaugh may be perhaps moving to the defensive side of the ball we'll see um if that move becomes official but but you know grant Newsom has been an off op- everyone knows i think every michigan fan knows who grant Newsom is former offensive lineman suffered a career-ending injury uh, but He's been an offensive analyst the last couple of years. He got a lot of praise from from coaches and players when the the offensive line won the Joe Moore award uh, for best offensive line in the country last year so he'll be sounds like he'll be elevated to a tight ends coach role uh steve what do you what do you think of all this obviously there's there's still some moving parts there's been chatter about you know Mike Hart being in a similar boat as as Gaddis where maybe um you know the past month was not he was not as communicated with as maybe he would have liked. Perhaps he might take a look at NFL jobs. Uh, I mean, for all we know, that might not be true, but, but obviously that's something that Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, as we mentioned, he's going to have to make sure these relationships are, are strong again. But your thoughts on the rumored changes, I think the Bellamy one makes all the sense in the world, uh, but, but I am curious about the, about the Newsom decision. Your thoughts, Steve, it, it sounds like it's the same deal where Harbaugh's, Handling this so swiftly, you're almost like, well, I guess he doesn't really want to do anything other than this. So they, it must be a decision he's very comfortable with.
1: Well, I think with stuff like that, it's these guys. You run a college football program, you kind of have to be a step or two ahead all the time, or at least you know have two, three step ahead scenarios, like kind of painted out in in your head, you know, knowing you know, I mean, look at the coaching tree Harbaugh's bill over the years. He's never been a coach that's had great assistance for a long period of time because a lot of them have gone on to get head coaching jobs, uh, move up to, you know, coordinators, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I think again, yeah, you look at the the, the pace on this, on the offensive side of the ball with these rumored moves. Uh, I think it speaks a lot to his faith in yeah, And again, to wide receiver makes complete sense. I mean, I'm, I love Grant Newsome. Um, He was, he's legitimately probably was one of my four or five favorite recruits to cover uh, when he was being recruited by the staff. He's, he's a, he's a genuine, uh, he's he's a great combination of abnormally like intelligent, but incredibly hardworking.
0: Most no, so of your coaching you're, is him settling intellectually. Right. right. You know, because, I, I mean, all he is, all the degrees he has. Yeah. Yep.
1: All seriousness, I, I actually kind of feel the same way. Um, but I, I just outstanding intelligence-wise, incredibly hard worker. Um, I always think about him when he was rehabbing. You know, uh, to get even where to where he got back to. And it's just I don't I don't ever really think it was ever really it was understated how serious that injury really was I mean that could have been worse than than what it ended up being and so um I I love you know I mean you guys know I've been a recruiting person most of the time youth um and enthusiasm on the recruiting trail for me just strictly from a recruiting standpoint is almost always a, a really really good thing but I think Grant is a Maybe the same way I felt about him when he was a recru- recruit. I remember the first or well, the first or maybe the second time I interviewed with him. And I've only had this feeling a few times. I remember getting off the phone thinking, I think this kid's gonna go to Michigan. And this was before his recruitment really um, got near the end stages. It's just you sometimes you just a guy just seems to fit. And I feel the same way about his fit on this staff. Um, he will absolutely, as a recruiter would absolutely be in the same mold as a, I would compare him a lot to like a Jay Harbaugh, uh, very real, very down to earth communicable. Um, you know, but, but someone knows how to represent what Michigan is after on the recruiting trail too, you know? And so, uh, I, I, I would, I think that'd be a great hire for them. My, my hope is that they would not just restrict him to recruiting the tight end position. I'm hoping, you know, he'd be a guy that would get involved in some other recruitment. He's already obviously been helping Sharon more um, with offensive line recruiting. And has been a, a guy that's been mentioned a few times with some kids. So, um, you know, but from, from a strictly a recruiting standpoint, I would, I think it's an, it would be an A plus hire. Uh, and I know him enough to know from a coaching standpoint, I think it's just hard not to see him succeeding. I guess that's the best way I would describe something with Grant is uh, I just don't foresee him, you know, not succeeding at it uh, just because he is he's he's just a unique, a unique guy uh, in a lot of different ways. And, uh, you know, one that I'd quietly it probably won't get near the pub that the coordinator hire, the D.C. hire would make and and probably whoever they use to uh, whoever that D.C. maybe brings on as a safeties or whatever position they decide to go with, but I think is one that, that fans should be really excited about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kind of mentioned it a moment ago. I mean, he, you know, you talk to him long enough, you're almost like, huh, he could probably run, run for Congress in like five years. So I, uh, you know, I'm happy for him. It, I I assume uh, he must love coaching. He he stuck around the program even after he medically retired and, and was in a, was a student assistant. So he's not, quite as fresh face as it might seem. I mean, I think he's been really doing this coaching bit at Michigan for, um, I don't know if the exact number is four years, but it's, it's been a while, you know, this isn't, this isn't uh, brand new to him. And, and my thought is since he hasn't gone and coached anywhere else and no one has said anything, but great things about him is that, that he, he is someone Michigan feels pretty comfortable in the role. I mean, he's not, uh, he's not getting put on Island, you know, Sharon Moore was a tight ends coach at Michigan. Jay Harbaugh was a tight ends coach at Michigan. So it's not like he's, he's you know, being thrown into the deep end here. I mean, he'll have, he'll have help, but also I, I, I don't know if he'll need a ton of help because you're absolutely right. He was one of the uh, most intelligent players I think we've, we've interviewed over the years. He won whatever they call the award for, you know, best GPA or smartest player. He won that one year, uh, and then obviously – you know, he, he knows his stuff about football, too. And so very fascinating to see, see that higher And, and, and got to think, I mean, that's just a cool story, right, is that, that this is not, you know, his, his, um, his connection with Michigan football didn't end with a career-ending injury. I mean, it sounds like he was someone that they really wanted to make an impact in Ann Arbor, and, and now he's going to have the chance to in a, in a different role. So, uh, you know, good for him. I really like the Ron Bellamy one. I think that, that quietly I, – I guess it doesn't make too much of a difference in recruiting, but I, I, I think I think it's it, – you know, he's another coach that I think Michigan um, – you know, keeping, keeping – finding the best way to utilize him, whether it's in recruiting, you know, the areas he recruits or the areas that he coaches as a former star wide receiver. I think that makes a lot of sense and, and probably – the best move, if you're trying to, I mean, Michigan's got a ton of receivers. I don't think anyone can sit here and say, guarantee that none of the receivers are going to transfer this spring. I mean, they, you know, they've already got seven scholarship receivers, and they're bringing in three uh, as, as incoming recruits, maybe even four. So, I mean, you're talking about close to double-digit receivers on scholarship. Do they all stick around? We don't know, but if you want to – Keep that room happy, and you realize the talent that they have. I think Bellamy's a great hire uh, to to accomplish that because they know him. A lot of them knew him before they got to Michigan, and they certainly all knew him while he was at Michigan. So yeah, I think think that hire makes a lot of sense. And and really, I I do think that you know Michigan going fully internal on the offensive side speaks more to the to the um, I guess the coaching tree that's developing in Ann Arbor. I mean, Sharon Moore was. You know, he was another hire. When he was initially hired, was not. I mean, he was he was. You know, there was stories about him and everything, but it wasn't like, oh yeah, Michigan poached Sharon Moore from Central Michigan's tight ends coaching room. You know, he was he's someone that's risen at Michigan. You've seen Grant Newsom; he's now risen at Michigan, and and Ron Bellamy a little bit. I mean, you know, he was a high school coach. It's so it's. I think Michigan's showing that it doesn't need to win the the initial press conference and that Jim Harbaugh has a good sense for, for who's, who's next in the coaching world. Any final thoughts on the, on the offense before we switch to the defensive side?
1: Uh, No, I think interesting to see what Weiss is on the recruiting trail. I, you know, not a name we've heard a ton. I know he's kind of restricted to quarterbacks, but I think you put Bellamy and another young guy over there. I think overall, I think you're okay with, the results there from a recruiting standpoint
0: yeah I, th- I think it will be important to make sure you know he, he's not on an island either that people are helping him uh, adapt to this because yeah he really really hasn't done a ton of recruiting and he i don't know what his role at as a ga at stanford could really be in recruiting either so um you know as you mentioned quarterback not you're not on the trail in the same sense as you would be if you're trying to recruit five off defensive lineman or something like that all right we're going to take a quick break on the other side we'll talk about the defensive coordinator position and and maybe who some of the top candidates for that are we'll talk about that in just a moment you're listening to the wolverine 24 7 podcast
1: As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick Six is a must listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League Podcast.
0: So, Steve, Mike McDonald's departure I don't think was as surprising, especially once the Ravens' coordinator position opened up. Alejandro and I talked about it a couple weeks ago. We don't necessarily need to talk about that, but I, I am curious about this question. Michigan, they can go in a few different directions with its next defensive coordinator. You know, they can get someone with a lot of experience. They can go kind of like McDonald and maybe try to get a rising star on their way up. Uh, they can prioritize recruiting. They could be justified keeping the priority maybe on X's and O's. Um, they can they can get maybe someone like Steve Klinkscale, uh, who's who's you know a great mentor to these players. Seems like like he really connects with the players. Um, they can try to go in a different direction schematically to keep things fresh, or maybe best suit their their talent, or they can try to keep things the same as as that's what everyone's used to practicing. Steve, in your mind, what should they be looking for at defense coordinators? It's, it's a little different than the offense. The offense is returning a ton of talent. The defense, they're losing seven starters. I think they return a lot of good talent, like Mozzie Smith, DJ Turner, Junior Colson, Rod Moore. There's certainly, there's certainly a lot of players who could be all Big Ten players, but there's a lot of question marks. Uh, you know, They are losing some of the starters and some of the, the key cogs in their machine. And then the other part of this is Jim Harbaugh, my understanding is that he really doesn't coach the defensive side of the ball at all. He'll, he'll be involved in the offense no matter who the coordinator is. The defensive side is a little bit more of a delegation where, where the defensive coordinator, it's going to be their show to run. And we saw that with Don Brown. We saw that with Mike McDonald. So, Stephen, with that, all that in mind, what should Michigan be looking for in its next defensive coordinator?
1: Um. You want to get as close as you got as you got with Mike McDonald, I think, from from an X's and O's standpoint. Same deal on offense. I mean, if you can get a guy that will recruit at a high level, that's always a big, big plus. But I do feel like from a from an assistant standpoint, Michigan is very strong on the recruiting trail right now. Probably stronger top to bottom than they ever have been. Uh, particularly if Jay Harbaugh does shift over, uh, if that is one of the end results of this. I mean, you could argue he's Michigan's maybe their best second, best or second best recruiter, honestly, uh, when you look at it. So, you know, I think with that in mind, you you don't worry so much about a guy that can recruit at an A plus level per se, as much as you are worried about a guy that brings this potential schematic advantage. I, you know, the one thing I've been told throughout this entire process is it seems like Harbaugh is at least somewhat bent on getting someone who will run a similar scheme uh, to McDonald Uh, guessing part of that is because of the way the roster is built right now, the way, and the way that they've recruited, the the way they recruited the last two cycles and the way that they're recruiting the 23 cycle, you know, to keep things, I don't, you know, you're obviously not going to keep things exactly the same, but to keep it as similar as possible. Uh, So, and it makes sense. You know, because again, I think you have a roster that can, can potentially replicate last year's success. And I don't think a drastic change in scheme is, is something that is going to be advantageous to Michigan, even with, even having the level of talent, uh young talent that they do defensively. Right. I think you want to keep things at least somewhat close to how you had it. So um that's what I'd be looking for, you know. I, I think um, keep the culture stuff the same too. I think that was a big deal. Uh, you want, you know, which again, which all of these these things kind of point towards uh, mentor, in my opinion, as far as that goes. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, do you do you you, know, do you see people throwing out big names like Elijah Robinson, Jim Leonard at Wisconsin? You know, they should throw all the money at them and see if they can get them. I just don't know if that's feasible. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I would say kind of keep things similar if you can.
0: Yeah. I think, I think the only person you'd be helping by throwing a bunch of money at Jim Leonard would be Jim Leonard. Cause he, he you know, he's just, he's not leaving Wisconsin. I think he's their next head coach. He's an alum. I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, he turned down an NFL Defensive coordinator job to stay at State, Wisconsin. Um, he's not leaving, and, and and I guess there is something to be said for getting, you know, the top recruiter in the country like like Robinson was, but but at the same time, Michigan just made the playoffs with a top ten defense, with a first year defensive coordinator, and defensive play caller. You know, you could you you don't necessarily have to go after the name that that you know random talking head on national sports talk says you, know, you can you can you can dig a little deeper and and so um you know mentor you met jesse Minter. sounds like sounds like he's a he's a top candidate alejandro and i talked about the perks of maybe going internal i mean steve klinkscale and and, and mike elston are two guys who are who are very qualified for defensive coordinator jobs they would not be this this huge reach to promote either one of them to defensive coordinator. Now, you know Michigan has to decide and determine for itself if that's the way that it wants to go, uh, or or just maybe make sure both are well paid and and given kind of some specialization on their particular roles. You know, Clinkscale wouldn't wouldn't be surprised to see if his he's he's listed as co defensive coordinator. Wouldn't be surprised to see if he's really given that pass game, defensive coordinator-type role. And Elston's maybe given a pass or a, a, you know, a, a little bit of play-calling role in terms of dialing up blitzes and some of the schemes that they run up front. Uh, same time, I, I, I'm with you. It, it, it worked with Mike McDonald last year. So I think a lot of Michigan fans' question would be, okay, is there another Mike McDonald line? And, and Minter isn't quite the same on the same, you know, he's had a different kind of journey. It sounds like he was a he was a defensive coordinator at Indiana State and Georgia State before he went to Baltimore, but rose through Baltimore's ranks and was someone that Michigan was targeting as an assistant coach last year uh, under Mike McDonald before Vanderbilt hired him as its defensive coordinator. Now, yeah, you look at Vanderbilt stats, not very good defense last year, but you also have to factor in not only what their talent level is after they were coming off a winless season, but also who they were playing, being in, in the SEC, uh, playing some of these top teams every single year. And, and so a lot of coordinators might not have the best looking numbers in the playing, playing Alabama and Georgia and, and, you know, tough schedule every year. But Steve, it seems like you are of, of the line of thinking that he would be, an optable hire. Uh, What do you like about him and what he brings? And then also, are there any other names that that you think are, are of notable interest to Michigan fans?
1: Well, with Minter, I think the pedigree has got to be part of it. I think the fact that we're already looking at him as an assistant coach means probably means that Jim got a good word from, from John Harbaugh about Minter as well. Yeah. It's hard to put a ton of stock into what what, how Vanderbilt, you know, you're a first year head coach um, trying to rebuild their roster. I just don't know, you know, where you go with, with that. I mean, you can look at, you know, what Derek Mason did at Auburn this year um, after, you know, being a highly regarded defensive coordinator before being hired as Vandy's head coach, Vanderbilt defense was never really any good, goes to Auburn has a great year as their defensive coordinator this season. So, um, you know, I think it's one of those things where you, you upgrade the talent level dramatically. I think, you know, it says it just, you just can't put much stock into, into a, into a rebuild. It clearly long-term rebuild, uh, like, like Vanderbilt, as far as, you know, if, if Minter's capable of being a, a good coordinator at the college level or not. So, that's one thing I do think I do like the fact that he's already had college experience though, as well. I think that is something that may be able to help on the recruiting trail a little bit. Uh, but overall I do, I think it's just that it is that pipeline idea. And also just going on history here, but but Harbaugh's instincts have usually been right when making these kind of hires. Um, you know, I think most people have been a little underwhelmed with the names that have been, kind of uh, talk about and stuff. So, you know, but, but mentors, like, like I said, a guy they already looked at in the past. So I think that should already tell you something about what they think about him. The fact that they're still talks, they're still pursuing despite how much Vanderbilt struggled on the field, on both sides of the football, I, I think that really kind of says to me, don't that put up a ton of stock into it. So um, other name. So it was like about a week ago, I think posted uh mentor. And then the other one's Anthony Campanile, the, former Michigan assistant who like just kind of disappeared from the staff one day, a couple of years ago. I remember that whole thing went, went down yeah. kind of odd, um, but had a great, had a great run in Miami, but with the Brian Flores situation could be someone looking back, looking around again. I think those would be the two names. Those are the two names I was given last week. Uh, looks like that's coming to fruition. Looks like those are the two guys that are at least going to be interviewing you know, and and I would feels like, you know that it it I wouldn't I, I was gonna say it feels like it's gonna be one of those two guys, but I know both Don Brown and even McDonald were sort of left out of left field hires uh, at DC, so maybe there's another name or two in there somewhere. I, Campanelli's intriguing to me as well. Uh, Miami ran a really Miami had a great defense this season in the NFL. He's he would immediately you know, this is one of the big reasons Michigan fans were excited when he got hired the first time would immediately put Michigan back in New Jersey on the recruiting trail. Uh, Family is super, super well-respected. And uh, in, in, I believe his brother's still the head coach at Bergen Catholic. So uh, it would definitely be a huge help there, but also, you know, again, you're talking about a guy who, who rose quickly uh, got to Michigan and then got hired away to the NFL a year later. And still a young enough guy, you know, I think is a bright mind, uh, likes to play an aggressive style defense. You know, I think I, I said, just posted here a little bit ago, I would give Minter the advantage heading into interviews, but I know there are some that are uh, really pressing uh, for Campanile to be the guy. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if that changes direction at all or if, if, if it seems like they might stay. Um, with mentor, or you know, provided he wants the job, I, I can't imagine you wouldn't want to, you know, go to Michigan from Vanderbilt. But you know, you never know. So um, that's where I, I that's where I think things are pretty much at right now. With the, always the wild card possibility that there's some left field candidate uh, that'll come out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, I think I think that is something to keep in mind. Is um, Harbaugh? I mean, not just even a defensive coordinator, but even at other positions has has this ability to. Everyone does their little hot boards. Everyone talks about who logically makes sense. Um, and then all of a sudden he's hiring someone from a school that you didn't even, weren't even thinking about. You didn't even know any of their assistant coaches and, and a couple I mean, Sharon Moore is one of them, you know, Mike McDonald, again, when there's a Harbaugh, a John Harbaugh word of approval. I mean, those two, they've traded like six coaches back and forth at this point point. Um, you know, this is if anything, Minter would almost be like the player to be named later for some of these trades. But you know, so that that's maybe not out of nowhere. But but you're absolutely right that you know some random connection will lead him to one coach or another, and he has a great track record of hiring defensive coordinators. By the way, um, you know, I think uh, I think it's it's pretty well proven throughout his time at at Stanford, um, San Francisco. You know, and then now at Michigan that he if he goes after something he doesn't he hasn't missed yet, really because the the first one who got fired instead of getting a, a new job that was an upgrade was Don Brown and I think most people would agree that he he brought a lot to Michigan and then it just it, it kind of went stale more than more than anything so yeah very curious I, I kind of I'm kind of with you I, I think Minter checks pretty much every box you don't need to elongate this the whole way you don't need to necessarily i don't think minter would be uh settling you know i know i know people are down on vanderbilt but i mean this was a guy that that has that same mcdonald future nfl defensive coordinator kind of trajectory but with a lot more college experience uh and and perhaps grander designs to be in college for a little bit longer so fascinated by that i think i think the hire makes a lot of sense i think you'd get a lot of schematic continuity i think you'd have a lot of the similar i mean he'd probably just talk with mcdonald and be like all right what do i what do i do to keep this rolling uh you know obviously he's going to have to he's going to be tasked with developing uh you know at the at the edge position at linebacker and safety especially i feel like all those positions are going to need need new players to step up but they also, he wouldn't be alone. They have a great, I think they have as good of an assistant coaching trio on the defensive side of the ball, and, and that's not even counting Jay Harbaugh's um, impact or input. I think they've got a great, great trio. I mean, Klinkscale, I think his credentials are pretty well established. Elston's credentials are pretty well established. We talked about both of them plenty. And George Helo, too. Can't, can't really argue with the talent development at linebacker this past season and in, in Hilo's first season. And, and we, when you watch his press conferences or, or if you're like me and you're there, you, you really get a sense that this is, this is another guy who's probably going to keep rising through the coaching ranks over the years. So Michigan's going to have to, I mean, they, they have decisions to make there is risk. Yeah. You know, I know everyone's asking, Oh, is this, is this Michigan slipping down the hill? Or are they squandering the opportunity momentum wise? I think that's a little premature, but there's always a risk that they do. We don't know. Every time you hire a new coordinator, you don't know. There's plenty of on-paper hires, great on-paper hires that are made every year around the country. And for a variety of reasons, don't quite work out the way that that I guess those of us who grade the coaching hires, I hate grading coaching hires for this reason, because, because we don't know, we don't know until it actually happens. So, there's certainly some risk. There's certainly some uncertainty. But, but I think we all knew that there was going to be some of that when Jim Harbaugh spent five weeks kind of exploring NFL opportunities. Same time, it does seem like Michigan's got a plan in place. So it won't necessarily be, you know, they're not scrambling. They're not necessarily running through their checklist, having to cross all their top names off yet. Uh, sounds like Jim Harbaugh feels pretty good about the offensive side and then the defensive side. Seems like that's something that could be done in the next couple days. Anyway, for Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. Obviously, if that stuff is done in the next couple days, we'll talk about it. Uh, plenty of stories to be read, though, including some stuff about this defensive coordinator search and about this offensive coaching shuffling over at the MichiganInsider.com and michigan.247sports.com. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you next time.
1: Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc